Oak Confessionals is uncut, a marriage of the raw, decadent, and unconventional. This pulp friction literary barrage will leave no one unscathed. Come along on this literary joyride of the Berlin that is just beneath the surface and has always been so expertly hidden until now. Hoke Confessionals is a verbal slap, full throttle ride of an expose on Berlin through the eyes of its current underground artists as they spiral through an era unlike any other. Delve into the full scale assault on the underground scene in Berlin that guarantees to rocket you into all the hottest venues, the most essential it places, as you are guided along by the very trendsetters that are shaking up the art scene today. Enter at your own risk. If they make it, there will be no one to say they didn't deserve it. If they don't, there is no if. When will it occur? When will the stars align for these stars to shine? Flip the pages and find out. Enter their world as they claw their way through the city of the moment, Berlin. The unfathomable, imagined. A place of no rules and no boundaries. A city where there is no sexual divide. Metrosexual, bisexual, yes. Gay or straight, not a chance. In a city where every language is spoken, there is only one that transcends them all. Everyone speaks ho. How fab is your vocabulary? Theron, aka the Negro, is an American artist in Berlin on a mission. Not to survive, to thrive. This is his story. Through his eyes, as a member of one of Berlin's noted performance clans, the Wonderho Nation, encountered the strange and the sublime, puts to words as only he can. Whatever the setting, there is always a story to tell. From the erotic to the exotic, to the raw and heartfelt, every aspect of life is covered with a touch of cynicism and caustic wit. Every hoe has a story to tell. This is theirs. Join them on a wild and raucous ride, if you dare. Welcome to the Ho Confessionals. Short stories featuring tales of trickery, lust connections, love profusions, and the daily grind that can be most unkind. Enter New Berlin. Enter Ho Confessionals. Think running with scissors meets confederacy of dunces. These excerpts are taken from the forthcoming novels, Ho Confessionals. Passion cannot be lived in a bubble, it is meant to be burst. To borrow a sin, expose it outside and in, like magic shone forth to the masses again and again. Bewilder me, enchant us, in black we trust. Sheath the artist, never conceal, black, omniscient, pray to the reveal, a signal to the world with every click of her stiletto heel. What lies beneath the cadence, slow or fast? A woman with the future, unafraid to expose her past. Heaven and hell lie in her. 
Through every triumph and glory, each yearning to recount the story. Sin is a color cast in every shade, a strong will shakes in her blood, shimmers on stage. Women love with receptive ears, men with ravenous eyes. There's a lot happening underneath that disguise. Payment in full is to be expected. Her eyes are on the prize. To paraphrase a hoe, I say without hesitation, life is a great party of celebration. Let us claim it. Let us cherish it. Let us own it. Dear Ho, maybe you can help. Okay, so I just broke up with my boyfriend that was seven years younger than me with a small peen. But now, I like a guy that's hilarious and clever that I've made out with a time or two, generally on New Year's Eve, that my best friend hates. She doesn't get his humor and she loathes him. However, he and I are constantly drawn together, but she threatens our friendship if I show interest in him. I know that's bullshit, for a friend, but I don't want to lose her. So what should I do when I want to be with him, but I want my friendship too? Signed, Dirty Whoremouth. Dear Dirty Whoremouth, seven years with Mr. Might as well be flaccid, and now you have the opportunity to trick it with someone that more than likely assuming the law of averages, is not packing like a smurf, and you have not jumped on this because of a so-called friend? True friends do not cock-block the blessings like this, unless she knows something about him that you don't want, that is so heinous that she doesn't want to hurt your feelings, or your body to be chopped up and hurled by the roadside. No, you point-blank ask her why this is a no-ho sitch, and listen to her carefully. She could be harboring a secret about him. She might have already seen his pain and doesn't want you to go down the Vienna Sausage Boulevard again. Or she just might be the type that cannot stand for you to get any pain. Any pain. Which could mean that she is a lesbian with her eyes set on your box. Worst case scenario, you can always pull a fucking flea just to see what he's working with. You are already playing a game with her, whether you know it or not. She's trying to be the alpha hoe in your relationship. You've had enough after seven years of less than seven inches. Get yours. If push comes to shove, you push her, preferably down a flight of stairs, showgirl style, and then you say, bitch, I told you. Verbal slap, number 67. Don't ask me a loaded question if you can't handle the pearl necklace reply. Chapter 4. Black and White in Europe in Black and White. What is it really like to be black in Europe? If you're black and visiting Europe, you will not get a sense of how Europe truly is. If you are a visitor, you will be adored and fawned over like a mythical creature. You will receive a lot of attention just because of the color of your skin. If you go out, 
You may find that you don't ever have to worry about anyone paying attention to you. If you are not considered attractive in your homeland, in Europe, you will notice a marked difference. But every fairy tale must come to an end. When you live in Europe, this fabled existence gets real old, real quick. I cannot even tell you how many times people have just reached out and touched me on the streets. They try to take my photograph on the train. And why? Simply because of my physical appearance, the hue of my skin. You get treated like less than human. It's akin to a petting zoo. But even for a zoo, you usually have to pay an admission fee. Keep in mind that aside from a select few mainstream commercial events, I am, by and large, an underground performer. So people have seen my shows in many countries in Europe, but I am hardly famous. So there is no reason to take my photo on the streets to document me like I'm an exhibit. I don't allow people on the streets to take my photo. It's that simple. If I ever become rich and famous, they can click all the fuck they want. But for now, hell to the null. They stare, not look, not glance, stare. Every day, from the moment I leave my flats until the time I return to it, I cannot go anywhere or do anything without someone staring at me. For the most part, I block it out. I wear sunglasses day and night, so no one will see where I'm looking. But sometimes, it's difficult to block it out when someone is directly in front of you staring. You feel very self-conscious. If they are too close to me, sometimes I ask, can I help you? Some of my European acquaintances think it is cool to be photographed and stared at on the streets, but I sure as hell don't. It, also, it all goes back to treating others as you want to be treated. Germans, in particular, will stare at you so long that sometimes I have figured something must be on my face to warrant such extended gazes. But after a while, I finally figured out the equation. The less German you look, the more they stare. The objectification is off the charts. My book is titled Hope Confessionals, in part as a wink and a nod to Josephine Baker, who was one of my inspirations for coming to Europe. As a black American performer in Europe, and as a black performer in France, she was a marketed as an exotic creature, a chanteuse. As talented as she was as a singer and dancer, a lot of the clubs played up her physicalities over her talent because they knew that Europeans wanted to lay eyes on something so rare and so fine to them. Josephine Baker was well aware of her physical prowess, but she always excelled in her artistry at a time when black people were only given redeeming value if they were performing for white audiences. Decades later in Europe, not much has changed. I know I have been booked many times simply because of the color of my skin simply because of the crowds you can attract. I also just happen to be good at what I do. So I know it's a bonus for them. Sustaining relationships is difficult anywhere in the world. In Europe, it takes an added dimension of difficulty because they are not so inclined to believe that they live in a part of the world that is more racist than America. When I point out to Europeans that they are confusing that fewer cases of racism for less racism, it is always a point of contention, yet I find it to be true. Of course, European claim it is less racist because they have fewer incidences of racism and racist actions to report. But as I point out to all Europeans all the time, their percentage of minorities is significantly less than the percentage in my country. Current estimates indicate less than 1% of the European population comprises people of color. Anywhere that I have lived in Europe, 
I can count on one hand the amount of black people I see in a week. Unless I'm in London, Paris, Brussels, Amsterdam, Zurich, and a few other cities, I am not going to see a sizable amount of black people. This is part of the reason why I'm treated like a unicorn in the first place. In my experience, most Europeans are attracted to black people, but don't know how to treat them. They're usually attracted to the superficial aspects of you as a black person, which you have no control over whatsoever. In my experiences, it only goes so far until it, until it reaches the part where I term it the point of disconnect. That's the point at which no matter how much you try to explain it, they just don't get it. I have lost friendships with Europeans who refuse to believe or even listen to what I have to say regarding my treatment in Europe. They always want to blame the incident in question or anything other than the elephant in the room. Maybe it was what I was wearing, my hair perhaps, I possibly misunderstood, because surely it was not the color of my skin, because Europe is not racist, you see. That's distinctly American. As far as sex goes, it is easy to come by if you are black in Europe. Anyone of color in Europe can have an abundance of suitors. I have seen black people that I would consider butt ugly have hot suitors simply because of the color of their skin. After living in Spain and then Germany, I became quite selective with my partners because the majority were not looking for anything serious and so I decided that it was going to be purely physical that I wanted the best specimens on the market. Two can play that game. If I was going to be treated like a piece of meat, I was only going to share this slab with those worthy enough. The black communities in Europe are very disjointed. As a black American in Europe, I truly am the minority because most black people in Europe are not from America, but African. What I have noticed, and what other black Americans living in Europe have also noticed and expressed to me, is that Africans do not usually interact with African Americans. I notice in Germany, Afro-Germans keep their distance from black Americans and from one another as well. Coming from a country that stresses black unity and strength in numbers, it is disconcerting and shocking, to say the least. But after living in Europe for so long, I have come to understand it. For Africans, African Americans are not considered Africans. I agree with that, because aside from the color of our skin, we have no other unifying theme, which Europeans of white descent generally fail to recognize. My experience with black Germans is that to me, it seems as if they are conditioned to not acknowledge their blackness. When they attempt to, then they are not considered German. But therein lies the conundrum, because white Germans don't consider anyone that is not white as truly German. The few black Germans that I do have as friends prefer to identify more with their absent American father than their German lineage because they feel more accepted by this side of their family. Whenever I teach Afro-German children, they always exhibit signs of social interaction problems because they are treated as outsiders by other white German kids even though they are just as German as they are, but not. In America, I was called the N-word twice in my life and this coming from a black man that grew up in the South. In Europe, I have lost count of the times I've been called the word nigger. And I've been called the word in various settings from train rides to the workplace by my boss, etc., etc. In Europe, as a person of color, there is no NAACP to report incidences like this to. Businesses don't have a division in human resources that handles situations like these. Therefore, you are more or less on your own in dealing with racist actions like this. I remember once when I was attacked by the police in Germany and I ran to one of my lawyers. 
I had three there, fuming. She told me that I could go on to court and possibly even win, but the offending officers would only get a slap on the wrist and I would be out of considerable amounts of money. It takes a thick skin to live in Europe as a black man and I don't advise it for everyone. Facebook, Ho Confessionals, or official Verbal Slaps, and the website, verbalslaps.com, where you can leave a small donation and support. Good morning, good day, good evening, goodbye.